Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 613 on this Friday morning, somebody texted in, what's up with the reddish moon? Tim Zimmer manning master control. Would you please check with Dave Cohen, our news director, and let me know if it's okay to tell him about the alien invasion, or is that still to be kept a secret? Uh, it could be a beautiful weekend. I don't know, something with probably one of these harvest moons or red moons or death moons. or They, they got a different moon every month, it seems like. Well, they do anyway. Let's just move on. Highs of 74 today, dry breeze, beautiful day, sunny, nice tomorrow, highs of 74 and Sunday. You look at the forecast, it's like a slot machine. It came up winning. Sunny, nice highs of 74 for the next three days, so get out and enjoy it. Um, Danielle Vinson joins us now, professor of political science at Furman University. Good morning, Professor Vinson. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good morning. And don't be, don't be off-put. We're not, we're not that kind of show. We don't goof around. We're just kind of kidding around because it's Friday and so forth. Um, let's talk about the South Carolina primary and Nikki Haley. What is the feeling there in South Carolina about, um, wait, you're in South Carolina, are you not? Uh, well, I, I, yes, I am based in South Carolina. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell me about the feeling there about Nikki Haley and are people rolling their eyes when they talk about her? And this would all be anecdotal, I realize, but. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think people still very much respect Nikki Haley from her time as governor. Um, I think this campaign is very much about Donald Trump, and it it would not matter, you know, what Nikki Haley had done. I think this campaign was always going to be about Donald Trump. And so people seem still to like Nikki Haley. They're just not ready to vote for her in this particular primary because they want to stand up and vote for Donald Trump. And um, essentially defend him uh, in the, the current uh, legal troubles that he finds himself in. And it, it's also kind of a way to, to tell the Democrats you don't get to bully our guy. We're talking to Danielle Vinson, a professor of political science at Furman University in Greenville County, South Carolina. So, Professor, when it, when it comes to Nikki Haley's um, uh, reputation, when it comes to the way she's viewed as the former governor, well, what do people think uh, of her um, legacy as governor? I think most people thought she was a good governor. Um, honestly, there was probably one major issue that, that folks were frustrated with her on when she was governor, and that was the roads in South Carolina. They were crummy, mm. uh, and she was looking out for her national reputation already at that point and refusing to raise a gas tax mm. that had not been raised in 30 years. 
But uh, other than that, uh, I think most people looking from the outside thought that she had done a good job. Um, she she was conservative. That plays very well in South Carolina. Uh, she had attracted business to the state and was very friendly to business in the state. That played well in South Carolina. So I don't. I, there was not much dissatisfaction with her when she was governor, and I think people look back on her time as governor and think that it it probably went very well. Um, she was viewed as very competent. There were several natural disasters that occurred while she was governor, um, epic flooding one year and a couple of hurricanes that were particularly damaging. And she handled all of those sorts of things incredibly well during her time. Um, we're going through a similar thing kind of here and, and a similar kind of thing here. And uh, Nikki Haley was governor from 2011 to 2017. Is that about right? Uh, yes, that's correct. So here we are seven years later after 2017, and it seems as though in Louisiana we have a governor that, in a lot of ways, I think, and this is just my opinion, could be playing more to a national audience than he is a state audience. And I just wonder, is that a trend in politics across the nation? Are we starting to see governors that now, as opposed to being concerned with the matters in their state, also have an eye toward their, their national reputation and, and national party politics? Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's a trend, but I definitely think folks have figured out that being governor is pretty good preparation for being president. Mm-hmm. We've had several governors as presidents in the last 30 years or so. And I think that if you're that politics has become so nationalized at this point that if you are planning to be president one day or if you hope to be president one day, you're going to start watching immediately what's going on at the national level and playing to the the national issues in your party, uh, keeping an eye on that, and it will have – clear impact on how you end up governing. Um, There's certain local issues that you can focus on locally, but yeah, you're always going to have kind of an eye out toward how will this affect me when I decide to run for president. And I'm trying to remember, she took off, she took over for Mark Sanford, who was supposedly hiking the Appalachian Trail, if I remember correctly, and he was off with his mistress in South America or something. Was that right? You have a a good memory. She followed him. Um, He actually served out his term. Uh, and so she she ran in a primary and um, as a relative unknown uh, when she ran in that primary in 2010 and ultimately came out of it on top, uh, won the governorship handily as a Republican in South Carolina um, and, and then served her time until Trump came calling and invited her to be UN ambassador. I wanted to um, – we're going to get back to uh, Donald Trump we come back, Professor. I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit uh, as a South Carolinian about Nikki Haley and her time as governor and so forth, looking yeah. ahead to the primary on Saturday. We'll get back to the presidential race when we return. Talking to Professor Danielle Vinson, a professor of political science at Furman University. Tomorrow is South Carolina's GOP primary. Nikki Haley saying she's in it at least – and she didn't phrase it at this, but she said through Super Tuesday on March 5th, 620. It's time for traffic now on WWL.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. From New South Window Solutions, WWL Traffic Center, I'm Courtney P. Good morning. Bonnie Carey Spillway, no delays to report in either direction. I-10 East Kinder 2 downtown New Orleans, about a 13-minute commute. Twin span free and clear, both east and westbound. I-10 West Orleans East to downtown is delay free. Downtown elevated, clear to the flyover. Flyover lightly congested to Business 90. Crescent City Connection wide open in both directions. UEP Long in the Causeway, no delays there. I-55 North and southbound free and clear. No delays on I-12. I-59 is delay-free. Traffic is sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System. 624, Tommy Tucker, WWL, on this Friday morning, February 23rd. We are looking at three days in a row, and I said it earlier, like a slot machine, where it comes up win, win, win. Sunny, nice, highs of 74, so get out and enjoy it and maybe get ahead of the weekend planting or yard work or whatever. We're talking to Professor Danielle Vinson, a professor of political science at Furman University in South Carolina. Professor, earlier you said this is about Donald Trump and about maybe propping up the propping him up against the Democrats and now what Nikki Haley was doing. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yes. I, normally in a primary, you would expect this to be a lot about issues and some of the divisions within a party. Uh, and there are certainly divisions within the Republican Party. You know, there's a huge difference between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump on how they would handle foreign policy issues, um, and how they would handle the situation in Ukraine, for example. Um, but we've heard precious little about that once this got down to a two-person race. And I think that's because voters are mostly focused on Donald Trump. They really do believe that he's the person that, that can beat Joe Biden. They they are kind of living in those echo chambers a little bit where that message gets reinforced a lot. And it's been hard for Nikki Haley to break through with her message that Trump is not the better candidate in the general election. Um, and I think also this is just sort of a measure of their loyalty to Trump. Uh, they feel like the legal cases against him uh, have been uh, in some cases manufactured, in other cases uh, prosecuted further than they would be for a regular person. And they feel like this is voting for him becomes a way to defend him from what they see are attacks by the Democrats. One thing you said about um, Nikki Haley and the differences in foreign policy, uh, my my uh, memory is not that good when it comes to her tenure as the United Nations ambassador under President Trump. What was that relationship like between them when she was the ambassador? Were they at loggerheads or in agreement? 
I I don't really – there were not really any serious disputes between them. Um, I think at times she did not like his undiplomatic rhetoric, but that was during the first two years of the administration. Uh, there were not a lot of crises that they had to deal with, and he was still somewhat relying on – uh, more seasoned staff at that point to guide him in his foreign policy. And so there there were not any very public disputes between them. Um, and in fact, when she left the administration, she left under very good terms. Um, they, they had a lovely, you know, event in the White House for the cameras and she was seen smiling and he was seen smiling and praising her. And so I, I think they actually had a good relationship while she was UN ambassador, at least publicly. Uh, Nikki Haley quoted as saying that she's staying in the race for a number of factors, including her view that some politicians who embrace Donald Trump publicly, they privately dread him. Does that mean or has she gone in any further detail? Does that mean dread the prospect of him being president, dread him as what the party has become under him, what he represents, all of the above? What do you think, Professor? All of the above. There there has definitely been a fairly sizable faction of elected Republican officials. I think particularly you see this in Congress. You definitely saw this in some of the folks that came out of the Trump administration and, and left before he finished his four, term, four years. Um, and I think part of it is they don't like his sort of blowing up the norms of office. They don't like the chaos. They, those that are worried about foreign policy are particularly concerned about what he could do in the current climate where there are some significant crises around the world uh, that the U.S. is being asked to lead on. And I think some of them don't like his personal style. They don't like the, the questions of character, um, and they don't like the fact that the Republican Party has gone that direction. But to some extent, they've been complicit because they haven't been willing to say those things out loud over the last seven years. Um, and so, yeah, I think she is probably speaking for a number of, of establishment Republican public officials. Uh, but uh, it's it's lonely when you're the only voice making those those comments. So what is her long game here? Because she turned um, 52 on January 20th. She was born when Watergate was just getting underway. Compared to Biden and, and Trump, she's uh, a baby, right, wet behind the ears. And, and I say that tongue in cheek. But what is her long game here, Professor? How do you see it playing out? Yeah. I, I think she she will probably stay in the race, as she said, at least through Super Tuesday. Um, if she's still got funding and, and donors are still backing her, she might stick around a little bit longer uh, to continue to introduce herself to voters. But I think a lot of this is, at this point is about introducing herself to voters. Uh, she was well-known in South Carolina. She was reasonably well-known in Washington and New York, but she hasn't been as well-known throughout the rest of the country. And this is an opportunity for her to continue meeting voters, talking about issues that she's concerned about, talking about her position on issues. And I think that gives her a bit of an advantage four years from now when it's highly unlikely that Trump would be on the ballot. Uh, and perhaps the Republican Party will be looking for new directions by then. We're out of time. I only have 10 seconds left. Any chance we see a Trump-Haley ticket? I would be shocked if that happened. Wow, shocked. Thank you, Professor. I appreciate your time. Have a good weekend. I hope we talk to you again.
All right, you too. Professor Danielle Vinson, uh, political science professor at Furman University. When we come back, we'll check in with Julie O'Donoghue, a senior writer at the Louisiana Illuminator, about the special session on crime right now. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 